and welcome to episode 42 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Tyrion chapter 5 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. Um, some news that I have today, it's not really news or anything, new updates, but it's an article um, from Vice, um, and it talks about the this uh, Reddit subpage that was called The Free Folk, mm-hmm. and it talks about how they had um you know it was very popular before the eighth season came out um and they had a lot of merchandise and a lot of stuff you know coming out of there and then as soon as season eight was over that was the end of that it's like it came it was like a cultural phenomenon yeah and then after the eighth season it like fell off the face of the earth and i think a lot of stuff has been coming out about the directors of the show um, how they messed it up so badly in the eighth season. Um, this was obviously from the fans. I know we've had a news article a couple episodes ago talking about how George R. R. Martin was upset about it because the show got ahead of... Just everyone's upset about it. ...what he was doing, yeah. yeah. Everyone's just upset about it, so there you go. Yeah, Thanks and if you me. want to read more about the subreddit page, Free Folk, you can check out the link. Yep. Um, no Martin message today. Um... So right into the listener answers. Thank you, Aunt Katie, again for sending in your answers. So our first question from last episode was, how do you think Bran is processing all the bad news from King's Landing? And she says, I think he's not doing too bad as an eight-year-old. It's got to be overwhelming. So far, Bran had to deal with falling, his dad, brother, and sisters leaving. He was attacked, his house set on fire, his mother left him. And now his family is getting lost, hurt, or killed. Then to top things off, Rob is now in charge. Whoa, Rob and Bran were just playmates like a few minutes ago, right? I think Bran may be thinking he's still dreaming and wake me up from this nightmare. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a lot for an eight-year-old to process, Mm -hmm. I feel. The second question was, do you think Rob should call the banners or not? And she said, I think it's not time. His father is hurt and Rob could act in his place, but he's not really the head of the house. And like Olivia said, not quite enough information presented to him yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think if there's more information, he can make a better decision about what he should do. Yeah. And we talked about him, you know, actually being slow to make a decision instead of rushing to it, which yes. is a lot better. Yep. Then the third question was, what information do you think Osha will give the Starks? And she said, I think she'll give information that will let her live another day, but not sure what that will be or if it will be useful slash truthful. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. I think right now we think that she's just looking out for herself. Um, But maybe she will become an ally. Who knows? So last episode, Bran got to go riding outside the walls of Winterfell only to be ambushed by a group of wildlings. Then Rob comes to the rescue along with the direwolves and killed all but one wildling named Osha, who they took as prisoner. Huh? Well, today, in this episode, we are at the Eerie with Tyrion. Uh, he's locked in a cell, not just any ordinary cell, um, and is heard by Lady Liza. He demands a trial by combat with an unsuspecting character volunteering to be his fighter. Ooh. Um, our wine description today is we're going with a sangria. That's the Capriccio. The fancy stuff. Yeah. You know, there's like the white and the black bottle. We have the black bottle. I know we've tried it before, but I kind of wanted to give it a second shot. It's a fancy looking bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There it is. 
And then our wine roll. So we're moving on to wine rule number 14. It says organic and biodynamic means something specific and natural means a different thing. Hmm. So the author says that um, this is made from organic grapes, uh, meaning the grapes were farmed organically, and this requires a certification. Organic wine and organic grapes mean different things. So organic wine, um, zero use of sulfur dioxide as a preservative. And then biodynamic farming, um, governed by strict rules in the cellar, so no use of technical methods to reduce alcohol levels. Hmm. So I think it's like a very pure form of wine. Makes sense. And then natural means no rigid... There's like no rigid definition of natural. Um, Basically, there's just... You just minimize additions and processing during winemaking. However, this means different things to different people. And then there's going to be more on this in a couple weeks, so we'll get into that. I feel like wine is pretty much natural. Yeah, but I get what they're saying by, like, no additives or anything. Because people people add things to it, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Let's dig in, shall we? Do it. So, um, Tyrion, just to recap, he's in the Eerie, trapped in one of the cells, the Sky Cells, and he is speaking with the Jailer, Mord. I don't think we talked about Mord last time, did we? He was not a character yet. Okay, so I'm going to go through who Mord is really quick before we get into the chapter, because he's kind of a big uh, plot point in this chapter. So, Mord is the Jailer of House Aaron. He's in charge of the upkeep and maintenance of the Sky Cells of the Eerie. Um, He's a large man, slow-witted and brute. Uh, He's fond of tormenting the prisoners, telling them how they are going to fall out of the cells to their deaths. He has small, dark eyes, rotting brown teeth, and the left side of his face has a scar from where an axe cut off his ear and part of his cheek. He has a large belly and thick, stubby fingers. Uh, He's about 20 stone of pallid white flesh. His clothes fit poorly and have a rank, ripe smell. Just all around a disgusting individual. Yeah, and he's dumb. So he really just got the short end of the stick. Yeah. And he's taking it out on the prisoners that he has to look after, it <sighs> yes. sounds like. Um, did we go over the sky cells last time? No, I think they're described a little bit. They are. Um, I kind of want to read what the wiki has to say, too, before we... Sound terrifying. Go any further, because, yeah, these things are terrifying. So these sky cells are the Eerie's dungeons or like their jail cells. Uh, They're uh, infamous because they're just shelves on the side of a mountain. Um, And the other, so instead of having four walls, the back wall, there's nothing there. So it's just a steep cliff that's left open to the cold sky. And like I said, Mord is the jailer in charge of them. Um, If you've ever seen the show, I mean, they, they do a pretty good job from what that describes, what they did in the show. Yes. But the thing that, like, freaks me out the most about it is the fact that they're slanted. Yeah, so I was like, just about to ooh. say that. Um, so another thing about them is they're slightly slanted towards the opening to the cliffs. Yeah. Um, That's terrifying. So people are really scared to fall asleep because they don't want to roll off the side of the cliff. Yeah, and if you've ever fallen asleep on a bed that's tilted, you end up almost falling off of it. If yeah. you've ever done that before, so... So it can drive you insane, just the mere, like, not, not being, able being able to sleep. Yeah. On top of being in jail. Yeah. 
So, uh, more about this from the wiki. The Aarons keep the only dungeon in the Seven Kingdoms where the prisoners are welcome to escape at will, a.k.a. by jumping to their deaths. Escape, yeah. Yeah. Escape. (laughs) Um, So, a lot of the prisoners are driven mad by the cold and howling wind, and then they would rather commit suicide than stay in prison. It's cold with the wind screaming at night and day, but the only bedding is a thin blanket, like we're going to see with Tyrion in a minute. And like Chris said, the floors are slightly sloped, um, which is unnerving to the prisoners. And then the cell is very, very small, so it's only five feet away from the drop. Um, These sound like great accommodations. Yeah, and then it's a 600-foot drop below to the castle sky like we talked about before. He's a Lannister, too. Like, he always stays in nice things and yeah it seems kind of and yeah i'm going to talk about it later in the chapter but he says later on that he would rather be in the dankest grossest cell of casterly rock than be in this yeah at least you don't even have to fall off yeah exactly <laughs> um and then it says on the wiki that the sky cells array like a stone honeycomb beneath the eerie hmm. a prisoner in the cell poking out his head can see other cells on all directions you could talk to other people that that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Mord and the Sky Cells. So, um, like I said, Tyrion is talking with Mord. Um, Mord came in and asked, you want eat? Holding a plate of boiled beans for Tyrion. He held out the plate to Tyrion, who reached for the plate, but then Mord jerked it away and held it over the edge of the Sky Cell, kind of like messing with him and taunting him. Jerk. I know. Um, each time he reached for the plate, the farther away um, Mord moved it, so Tyrion couldn't reach it. And each time he goes, aren't you hungry? Just grab the plate. It's right here. He's teasing him. Yeah. You gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> uh, Tyrion got tired of this game eventually because he did it multiple times. Um, and he valued his life too much to push Mord even further. So he was like, okay, all it would take would be a quick shove of Mord's heavy white belly and he would end up a sickening red splotch on the stones of Sky, like so many other prisoners of the Eyrie over the centuries. So Tyrion says, come to think of it, I'm not hungry at all. But he was actually, like, starving to death. Yep. So Mort, like, grunted in victory and flung the plate across the cell. The beans went flying and some splattered on Tyrion's face. He got pissed and obscenities came flying out of his mouth at Mord. And it ended with, I hope you die. So in response, Mord kicked Tyrion hard in the ribs on his way out. And as he left, Tyrion yelled, I'll kill you myself, I swear. And with that, Mord left and slammed the door shut behind him. He, it was like a volley of cuss words. It was. You son of a bitch. Like, yeah, like, I, like. Fuck you. Like, it, it was bad. <laughs> I didn't want to go through all of them. But no, it was some good, colorful though. language. It was a, like a paragraph of yeah. it. Yeah. Which is understandable. He's hungry. Yeah. He just threw his food down the mountain. So. Yeah. And he's taunting him. He's over it. Yeah. So then, uh, after Mord left, Tyrion crawled back to the corner of his cell and crawled under his very thin blanket. Left alone with his thoughts, Tyrion would gloudly trade this current cell he is in for the darkest, gloomiest cell at Casterly Rock. And he says, at least there's four walls. You know, instead of three. Yep. He remembers um, back when Mord first placed him in the cell. Mord had promised that he would fly. Maybe not today. Maybe 30, 40, 50 days from now. But but eventually, he will fly. (laughs) Meaning, he's seen this happen before. Yeah. You know, they're driven so mad that they just... This is in his first rodeo. Yeah. 
Uh, the Aaron's had, like I said, the Aaron's had the only cells in all of Westeros where the prisoners could escape freely. The first night he was in the cell, Tyrion laid flat on his stomach and kind of like army crawled or squirmed to the edge of the cell to look down. All I could see was the blue sky and the watchtower sky 600 feet below. And then, like I said, he like looked around and he saw cells like up, down, all around him. Uh, it was hard at, to sleep at night due to the screaming wind, but the worst part of the cell was the floor because it sloped in the direction of the edge of the cell. And he was afraid to roll off the edge in his sleep. No wonder the men in these cells previously were driven mad. That's like thought. solitary confinement or death. Yeah. Which one? And he said that there was writings on the wall that said, God's saved me. I just have a little fun fact about this one. Because mm-hmm. we just watched that episode of the show. Mm-hmm. And on the, on the wall written in blood was not God save me. It was, was it fly? We all fly or something like that. Yeah, they changed it. it very, they? But that's creepier than God save me. Yeah. <laughs> that's so much creepier. Yeah, that is creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he then thought back on how he got to this cell and felt angered toward Robert Aaron because he is the one who started all of this. He's so he's kid. blaming literally everything on this six-year-old kid. Well, this kid is messed up. <laughs> I know, and I'm gonna go into what happened. So, he had. So Tyrion said he'd been looked down on his whole life, but never by a sickly little boy like Robert Aaron. So when he first came to um, the Eyrie, Robert said, "Is this the bad man?" Liza said, "He is," and Robert said, "He's so small." And Liza said, "This is Tyrion the Imp of House Lannister, who murdered your father. He slew the hand of the king." And Tyrion, there's a lot, okay, there's a lot of Tyrion sass in this chapter. A lot of sass. And I love it. I'm like, here for it's it. It's like nonstop. It is. He's just so angry he can't, like, contain himself. Yeah. So Tyrion goes, oh, did I kill him too? <laughs> he thought that this would have been a very good time to keep his mouth shut. But it didn't. But his mood was so horrible he was not listening to the common sense of the thoughts in his brain. So Tyrion continued and said, it would seem I've been a busy little fellow. I wonder when I found the time to do all this slaying and murdering. Tyrion, just shut up, man. <laughs> You're screwing it up. Again, he should have remembered who he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Liza, who is like half mad. Cuckoo pants. And Robert Aaron. Yeah. And they were not known for mercy. So I am going to read from the book what uh, Liza says in response. So, Imp, Liza said coldly, you will guard that mocking tongue of yours and speak to my son politely, or I promise you will have cause to regret it. Remember where you are. This is the Eyrie, and these are knights of the Vale you see around you, true men who love John Aaron well. Every one of them would die for me. Lady Aaron, should any harm come to me, my brother Jamie will be pleased to see that they do. Even as he spat out the words, Tyrion knew that they were folly. Can you fly, my lord of Lannister? Lady Liza asked. Does a dwarf have wings? If not, you would be wiser to swallow that the next threat that comes to your mind. And Tyrion says, I made no threats. That was a promise. Ooh. Ay, ay, ay. Stop. Just yeah. stop. You're behind. Um, so then it says, little Lord Robert hopped to his feet at that. So upset, he dropped his doll. You can't hurt us, he screamed. No one can hurt us here. Tell him, mother, tell him he can't hurt us. The boy began to twitch. The Eyrie is impregnable, Liza Aaron said, declared calmly. She drew her son close, holding him safe in the circle of her plump white arms. The imp is trying to frighten us, sweet baby. The Lannisters are all liars. No one will hurt my sweet boy. So there's just like... 
a lot. That was a lot. I feel like that... They're both just spewing nonsense. Yeah. You know? I mean, they all are. Like, yeah. and you can see in this scene, like, how much Liza is affecting her son. Just feeding him all those lies. Yeah, because he's like, oh, no one can touch us. Right, Mom? Like, yeah. Like, she told him that. Yeah, he and then, like, that. she's blatantly saying a lie, like... Mm-hmm. This is the man who killed your father. Right. Which is obviously going to make a little boy upset. At this point, we can safely assume that it was not Tyrion. At right. At this point, of killed John Aaron. It's not... There's no way. Well, yeah. It, yeah. We, I mean, it's just safe to assume that it was somebody... Right. ...in that area, and Tyrion wasn't... We don't know, but I don't think he was. Right. It didn't sound like he was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, Tyrion says, The Eerie is not impregnable... Impregnable... Merely inconvenient. It's pretty impregnable. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then Robert Aaron called him a liar and demanded to see the little man fly. Meaning he wants to push him through the moon door. Yeah, how dare you. Yeah. (laughs) So the guards started to head towards Tyrion to seize him, but Catelyn spoke up and said, Remember, he's my prisoner. I will not have him harmed. Because remember, she still needs him. Yep. To quote-unquote, fess up to what he, quote-unquote, did What she thinks he did. Yes. So with that, Liza demanded the guards release him and take him to the sky cells. As he was carried off, Tyrion said, I will remember this. So he's making a little list in his brain. (laughs) Checking it twice. Yeah. Tyrion was sure that they would not kill him, quote-unquote, out of the blue. He was sure that Liza or even Catelyn would send for him soon. But now, um... He is not so sure when his imprisonment will end. So, um, perhaps he thought they planned to let him rot here. But he did not have much strength to stay here much longer. He was growing weaker every day, and Mord's kicks and punches did not help, and neither did the lack of food. Um, So, he's kind of, like, trying to hatch a plan here Hmm. to get out. Um, cause now he's wondering what's happening outside of the Erie back at Casterly Rock and King's Landing with his family. Um, he was sure his father sent riders out to look for him because, you know, he's a Lannister and how dare someone like right. wrong the name of Lannister. He doesn't care about his son. No. He just cares about his name being wrong. It's all about the, the ego. Yes. And he said Jamie should be leading a party through the mountains to come find him unless he was riding north to Winterfell instead. Because remember, Catelyn announced that they were going back to Winterfell when they were at the inn. Mm-hmm. He even wondered what Cersei did when she found out. And he thinks that Cersei would demand that Robert, his her husband, the king, judge Tyrion's crimes. Uh, Ned, and he thought Ned Stark couldn't object to this because of his honor and because the Starks had no proof of these so-called murders. Because of this, he was sure he could win in a trial. But no one is thinking about, hey, is this going to blow back on Ned? Yeah. No one ever thinks that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's just thinking about all these possibilities right, yeah, of how yeah. he can get out, and you know. Poor, I'm sorry, poor Ned right now. I know. <laughs> and then he wondered who actually, who actually sent someone to kill Bran if it wasn't him. And if they also conspired in the death of John Aaron. But he kind of connects something here, and I thought this was a very interesting tidbit. If these two crimes were connected, it didn't make sense. John Aaron's death was very subtle and quiet, while sending someone with a stolen blade to kill a little boy was clumsy. Yeah. And he thought someone must be using him as a pawn. 
Yeah, because he had said just in the last chapter, the Catelyn chapter that mm-hmm. we were on, he goes, what kind of fool would send his own blade right. with someone to kill someone? Like, if, if everyone knows, if everyone knows it's mine, why would I be like, here, take this right. and kill him with it? Very Everyone's well going to know it's me. Exactly. Yeah. And in the book, it also said he does not like being used. I Tyrion can understand does not that. like being used. He likes to be the user. Exactly. <laughs> he wants to have all the knowledge and power. He doesn't yeah. want other people to use him. Yep. Um, so, after all these thoughts, his release from the cell seemed farther away now, and he had to get out. There is no way he could physically get himself out, because Mord is ginormous compared to him. True. Um, so, he had to use his words and talk his way out. Because what is Mord? Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> so, he uh, banged on the cell door and was yelling for Mord for about ten minutes before the jailer burst through the door. And Mort is furious that Tyrion is making so much noise. <laughs> but right away, Tyrion goes to work and he goes, how much would you like to be rich? And in response, Mort hit him with his whip on the upper arm. Not uh, very much, apparently. <laughs> so Tyrion said uh, he could get Mord lots of gold. And again, Mort hit him with the whip right in his ribs. How? Uh, Tyrion said he could make Mord very rich. And yet again, the whip slashed him straight across the face. Uh, this exchange happened a few more times. So he would say, I can get you gold. Whip. I can make you rich. Whip. I can make you a lord. Whip. Um, so this happened a few more times before Mord actually un- like started to listen and believe that Tyrion could make him rich. I think it's him understanding. Yeah. I think it took him a while to well, understand. Well, also in the book it said that he was probably someone who had been tried to take advantage of oh, before. Yeah. He had been tricked before. The yes. Book, as so the book he was said, thinking yeah. that it was another trick. No, duh. <laughs> Um, so he pointed out, so he was still like suspicious, but he was listening. He pointed out that Tyrion had no gold on him right now, but but Tyrion quickly explains that Catelyn Stark took his purse full of gold from him, um, but he could get it back and he could give the gold to Mord. All Mord had to do was get the gold, to get the gold was to deliver a message to Liza that he is ready to confess his crimes. Uh, Mord suspected that he was lying to him, but Tyrion promised that he would put his promise in writing. So, Mord made Tyrion write down his promise on paper, and then he sent him off to deliver his message. I just thought it was funny they mentioned a little bit that people that are dumb, like Mord, Mm -hmm. thought that writing, that anything that was written down was either evil or magic. Yeah. It was like one of the two. Yeah. But it's just... Writing, no, it's evil or magic because I don't understand it. I think that since Tyrion was so persistent, yeah, he was more willing to listen and like believe him, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so Tyrion now fell asleep after that little thing, um, and when he woke up, Sir Vardis was in his cell to take him to Liza. Uh, before he left with Vardis, um, he had asked Mord for his cloak. Um, Back, which we had talked about earlier, I think, but he had said that mm, he had actually taken his cloak, which was a disgusting cloak, but he wanted it back, and he was being very um, snide again, basically. Tyrion, doing, he's like, "Come on, can I have my cloak back?" <laughs> so um, he was basically like, "You were holding it for me," like he put it, like he hung it in a coat closet yeah. or something. Um, but Servardus, just a little background, is Servardus Egan. Um, he is a knight of House Egan and the captain of the household guard at the Erie. Mm-hmm. He was at least he has at least one young son, and 
He's silky. Stocky. Stocky <laughs> with silver hair. Um, he is a square, plain face. Um, and he, <laughs> it says in the wiki here that Tyrion actually considers him to be humorless. Nothing. Can't get a rise out of him. Yeah. Keep poking the bear. Nothing. <laughs> um, so Mord actually fetches his cloak. Yeah. <laughs> um, he does. After teasing him. So. Because I, I think it's because he wouldn't let it go. Right. So when they arrive at the high hall, Lady Liza was sitting in a throne dressed in all black silk and no Robert Aaron was in sight. Which is probably a good thing. He was, I think he was relieved that he wasn't there. He's probably taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> he gets, He's probably sick. He gets tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tyrion bowed and looked around the room to see who was there. Um, and he had noticed that Liza had summoned all of her knights. Um, and they, so they were all in there and all of the bannermen from the Eyrie were in there too. Um, to hear his confession. Mm -hmm. He also saw that Bronn was sitting in the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, and Marillion, um, was there with a new harp. Mm -hmm. Notice that. A new harp. And the rest of Catelyn's party were among the witnesses as well. Including our friend that was stabbed, Sir Roderick. Yes. Looking um, a little sickly still. A little sickly still, but getting better. Yes. Um... He, he was actually, Tyrion said he was actually glad to see the singer uh, there because whatever happens, it won't remain a secret because singers cannot keep their mouths shut. Mm -hmm. um, and the story will spread. So he noticed that Bronn had his hand rested on the handle of his sword and Tyrion wondered what kind of side he was on. He or was like, just, yeah. Like, he, he was looking suspicious in the Well, corner. because also what Tyrion, like, 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 locked eyes with him. Yeah. And it was like a long... Yeah. Look. You yeah. know? And then um, he... I think he's wondering, like, is he on my side? Like, is he here to protect me? Yeah. Kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So. But uh, Liza said... So Catelyn spoke first and says, Do you wish, to you wish to confess your crimes? We are told. And Tyrion says, Yes, he does. Liza said, See, the sky cells always break them. The gods can see them there. And there is no darkness to hide in. I don't think it breaks them. I think it just, you know, scares them yeah. into doing whatever to get out of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Catelyn says that Tyrion does not seem very broken. Um, and then she goes, she tells Tyrion that he needs to speak. Yeah, I think I think Catelyn's, like, calling Tyrion's bluff. Yeah. Kind of, like, catching on to what he's trying to do. Yeah, and so Tyrion thought, well, now it's time to roll the dice and takes one last look at Bronn and lets it fly. And he says, where to begin? Well, I'm a vile little man, I confess it. My crimes and sins are beyond counting. My lords and ladies, I have lain with whores at but once, but hundreds of times. I have wished my own lord father dead. And my sister, our gracious queen, as well. <laughs> and he got some laughs out of that one. And yeah, it said, some people chuckle behind him. I have not always treated my servants with kindness. I have gambled. I have even cheated. I blush to admit. I have said many cruel and malicious things about the noble lords and ladies of the court. And that one got everybody. Everybody's laughing now. <laughs> so, not again, exactly not the crimes that no. they thought he was going to say. Yeah. Once I, and he was cut off by Liza, who said silence. Um, and 
She said, what do you ima- what do you imagine that you are doing, dwarf? And Tyrion said, why? Well, I'm confessing to my crimes, my lady. Mm-hmm. Um, Catelyn speaks up and says, no, no. You are here to confess to the attempted murder of Bran Stark and the murder of Jon Arryn. Tyrion says, well, I can't confess to those crimes because I'm innocent of those ones. Liza then gets very angry and demands that Tyrion be taken to a smaller sky cell with a steeper floor. Mm. Before he's taken, Tyrion has something else to say. Is this how justice is done in the Vale? Tyrion roared so loudly that Servardus actually froze for an instant. Does honor stop at the bloody gate? You accuse me of crimes, I deny them. So you throw me into an open cell to freeze and starve. He lifted his head to give them all a good look at the bruises Mord had left on his face. Where is the king's justice? Is the Eyrie not part of the Seven Kingdoms? I stand accused, you say. Very well. I demand a trial. Let me speak and let my truth or falsehood be judged openly in the sight of gods and men. Mm -hmm. And then I think, like, Liza makes a face because it's like, like, shit. Like, he's right. That's true, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Tyrion thought, oh, I got her now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Liza states that if he is found guilty, he will go through the moon door, which means a fatal plunge down the mountainside. Um, Catelyn chimes in and says that she thinks this is unwise, and Liza agrees to a trial and says that her son, Robert Aaron, will listen to it and that he will pass the judgment. Hmm. Oh, that seems smart. Well, because then he remembers, oh, well, he wanted me to fly through the moon door, so yeah. I don't think I want that. He's also six. <laughs> yeah. So um, he either he will find Tyrion innocent, and he may leave, or he will find him guilty, and he will go through the moon door, which he already wants him to go through. So. Right. We know how that would go. Right. Tyrion responds, I thank you, good lady, but I see no need to trouble Lord Robert. The gods know the truth of my innocence. I will have their verdict, not the judgment of men. I demand a trial by combat. Mm. Do we know what a trial by combat is? Should we explain that? Yeah, so trial by combat is basically either you or you pick a champion to fight for you. Or you don't pick a champion. A champion steps up um, to fight for you. um, And it's seen as like God's justice where if, you know... It's a basically a fight to the death. If fight you the die, death. then you're guilty and you deserved it. If you're innocent, then you right live. Same thing with your champion dies, then you're guilty. If your right. champion wins, then you're innocent. Right. Makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. But, hey, you know, that's how it's done. Um, when Tyrion said this, the whole hall actually erupted in laughter. When the laughter had died, died down, Liza agreed that he had this right... And she kind of timidly says it. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of knights volunteered to be her champion, um, including uh, there were several bannermen that, that came forward, but she ends up choosing Sir Vardis, of course. Um, he declined the honor because he slaughtering such a defenseless man would be shameful. So he thinks he's just straight up taking on Tyrion. Yes. So Tyrion agrees and says that he will choose a champion as well to fight Sir Vardis. He goes, fine. Yeah, I'm not going to fight him. I'm going to find somebody that will. He names his brother Jamie. And Liza goes, no, Jamie's, you know, hundreds of miles from here. And she, he goes, fine, then just send, you know, send a letter for him. Mm-hmm. I'll wait. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, your justice is going to be like now. Yeah, like you have to pick right now. Right now. And so then Tyrion says, 
I have to name it. Tyrion goes, okay, I have to name another champion. So he kind of looks around, and no one moves. Um, and now his plan seems like it's kind of falling apart because he was kind of hoping that it was going to be a whole thing with Jamie, and it didn't work. Um, so no one moves, um, but all of a sudden there's a stirring in the back of the chamber, and Bronn calls out, I'll stand for the dwarf. Ooh, buddy. I feel like we kind of knew that. I mean, Bronn... Already had his hand in the sword. Yeah. He was ready to go. So that is how the chapter ends. Uh, discussion questions that we have for today. One, is Tyrion actually going to pay more <laughs> than what he promised him? Well, what do you think? I'll let you see. Me? Start. Yeah. I, I think Tyrion was saying that just to get out of like his situation but if it goes well for him i think that he will follow up on his promise i would say a lannister always pays their debts correct but mord is an idiot right so if he doesn't remember his debt yeah yeah but yeah you're right a lannister always pays their debts so he should and it's in writing yep so i think he has to magic writing yeah (laughs) um the second question is, do you think Liza denied Tyrion's request for Jamie because she was afraid he would actually win? Because I think he, she could have waited. I don't think she wanted to wait as in, I think she just, I think that the longer that she has Tyrion there mm-hmm. alive mm-hmm. is more of a threat. Yeah. The Lannisters become more of a threat because they're... You know, whether or not the Eerie is impregnable, they still are becoming more and more of a threat because mm-hmm. you have Tyrion there. It's just like, no, you have to do it now. Like, either alive or dead, you got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that's why. I agree. I don't have anything else to say about that one. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think... I mean, sure. Ja- I, he said Jamie because... He knows that Jamie's an amazing fighter. Well, that, but I think that he said that to buy more time. Right. Not because he thinks, oh, Jamie will come and it'll be great and he'll win. I think he's just doing that like, yeah, I, he knows Jamie's far away, so he just buy more time so he can say more words to get out. Mm-hmm. As in, get more to get him the money so he can get out. Right. I think that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, and the last question, why did Bronn volunteer to fight for Tyrion? I don't, I don't think we know enough about their relationship yet, but I think, like, the time that Bronn spent with Tyrion and Catelyn, mm-hmm. he knows this whole story, and I think he's formulated his own, like, theory about what happened, and yeah. he can see that Tyrion is innocent, yeah. and he wants to fight for someone that's innocent. that's innocent, and he knows that Tyrion can't fight. I'm going to take it to a lesser level and mm-hmm. just say that Braun is one bored and two <laughs> friends with Tyrion. Yeah. So I think that he's well, just that like. Well, too, because the most. They, all the time they spent together, a friendship formed. I'm not going to give Braun. Maybe it's the, the bias in me from watching the show, but I'm just not going to give Braun that. Uh, how that, do you. Like, I'm not going to give him the white cloak yet, you know? How do you think Catelyn feels about that? Well, he was just a sellsword, and she was already didn't like Braun. Right, but like. He, she still like let him travel with him. I like, think now she's <laughs> she's probably like probably shouldn't have let him travel. Like <laughs> shit. Yeah, but she can't even she can't deny the king's justice in this. Right. Thing. So right. You know she's not. I 
we didn't get her reaction to this, I but know. I think that her I think we will in the next like, one. This isn't what I wanted. I think we'll get her reaction in the next one. Yeah. Um, so that's all of our questions. So a- answer them, everyone. <laughs> um, our Tyrion tidbit for today is in my experience. In my experience, eloquent men are right every bit as often as imbeciles. I thought that was fitting for this one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, guys, make sure you follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We also have a Facebook group called Game of Wines podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1 and on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Eddard Chapter 10. So make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.